Hi, Gary Zacharias again with The Apologist Bookshelf. Let's take another look at a book by Sean McDowell and J. Warner Wallace called So the Next Generation Will Know. And in the back of it, now I've already done a podcast on this book, but I just want to mention again on the back, it says if you're raising, teaching, or pastoring Generation Z, this book was written for you. So I have no idea. I lose track of all these labels, so I had to read through part of the book to find out what is Gen Z. So Gen Z are people that are born between the year 2000 and 2015. So the oldest ones now would be just about ready to graduate college. The youngest ones would still be in uh, grade school. But anyway, that's that's Gen Z. So I want to look at two sections of the book. Uh, first, got to find it here, is a look at who are these people, these Gen Z people. And I said... Uh, Researchers who have studied them list several important observations. So I wanted to share that, and then I want to look at one more thing uh, today as well. So here's some of the characteristics of Gen Z people. Remember, we're talking about those born between 2000 and 2015. First is they're digital natives. Well, no kidding. Uh, I see some of them out at uh, my college, and they are big on digital technology. It says that shapes their sleeping habits, how they process information, how they build and maintain relationships, and how they spend their spare time. Now, that makes me cringe because I think it's a terrible way to live. But we got to know where they are. So that's one thing. That's where they are. They're digitally oriented. Number two, they're researchers. It says they're avid and skilled researchers. They know where to go across a variety of social media to find any kind of topic, and they can do so quickly. Okay, again, just from my perspective, I think they're getting <laughs> terrible information. I, I see that. I teach English, and I can see that they don't really research well. I mean, yes, they can find quick answers, but not necessarily good, solid answers. They're not very good critical thinkers. But that's just me. Okay, so let's come back here. Here's the third perspective. They're visual multitaskers. Boy, amen to that. Uh, they use Snapchat and Instagram and YouTube. It says these are visual, video, image-based platforms. Uh, it says they're able to divide their attention repeatedly by multitasking between visual platforms. Well, once again, I've read material that talks about we're not built as human beings to be multitaskers. We don't do very well, but they at least are on a lot of different uh, uh, places, more, more apps and all than I can even figure out. So they're visual multitaskers. That was number three. Number four, they're impatient. Why? Well, speed and convenience. That's everything for them. They expect instantaneous delivery on just about everything from information to goods to music. As says, uh, some studies said the attention span of Gen Zers is around eight seconds. I'm guessing that's actually high. Uh, again, I think this is pretty sad, but we got to find out where they're coming from. Number five, they're racially diverse. It says, this is the last generation in which most of the American population will be Caucasian. Number six, they're fluid. They blur the lines between work and home and truth and fiction and fact and feeling and public and private lives. And as they point out here, there's probably nowhere such great fluidity than with issues of sex, gender, and family. And I thought this was so sad. It said, few of them believe there's such a thing as a normal family. Only half of teens today believe gender is defined by one's sex at birth. Wow. 
Okay, well, I'll just leave that one alone, but I, uh, these are pretty sad facts. Number seven, they're social justice oriented. They're really, they get behind causes and movements, and they're focused on human equality. So that would be uh, issues like poverty and human trafficking and refugees and more. They want to make a difference in the world, and I think that's great. I'm afraid the enthusiasm maybe goes down some wrong directions, but I appreciate the fact that they really want to make this world a better place. Number eight, they're pragmatic. What does that mean? Well, they've seen terrorism. They're worried about the future. They're cautious. Um, it says, actually, they, they're less likely to drink underage and more likely to wear seatbelts. In fact, I also read somewhere that uh, they're not as anxious to get behind the wheel and become drivers. Good land. My generation, uh, you know, getting the keys to the car was a real rite of passage, but not so much anymore. Number nine, they're overwhelmed. Uh, it says more than two out of three teens today feel overwhelmed by everything they need to do each week. Again, I see that when I teach college. I've got students who've come into my office and they just break into tears. They just break down and say, I just, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by everything I have to do. Pretty sad. Number 10, again, another sad one, they're lonely. It says, um, this is a quote from a psychology professor, Jean Twenge. She says, this new generation is on the verge of the greatest mental health crisis in decades. There's been a huge increase in depression and loneliness in the last uh, few years. And she says it's because of smartphones and people are not interacting anymore. I think she's exactly right. We're, we're building bubbles around ourselves. Number 11, Gen Z people are individualistic. It, it's very me-focused. And again, I find this really sad. It says uh, young people today have grown up in a culture that places the individual as the highest authority. Well, we know how that goes, right? If we depend on ourselves, uh, we're going to crash and burn. Number 12, they're transparent. They want to know who they can trust. They want real relationships, and they really respect transparency. They're not very impressed with slick presentations or false personas. They can detect exaggerations or inaccuracies or people who are prideful. They want to hear personal stories that reveal imperfections. Again, honesty instead of uh, we have to act perfect around each other. And then number 13, again, maybe the saddest of all, they're post-Christian. It says more young Americans are describing themselves as religiously unaffiliated than ever before. The Bible doesn't hold the same authority for them. It says more young Americans, they're thoroughly secular. They're disconnected completely from religion and the larger questions of life. Only 4% of Gen Z has a biblical worldview. 4%. Wow. So I read that and uh, I was a little disheartened, but thank goodness uh, God's bigger than this. He can handle this. And we, if, we're, if we do some good things, we can still reach this generation. So the other part I wanted to read to you and discuss is now a little bit further in the book. It starts on page 72. It talks about 10 strategies to connect with Gen Z in building relationships with young people. And I like what uh, both um, McDowell and Wallace say. They say you don't have to do all of them, but just start with one and then try another and grow in your relationship that you have with uh, Gen Z people that are in your life. So here they are, 10 things that um, people can do to connect with these Gen Zers out there. Number one, share stories. And again, the idea is be vulnerable. Remember, they want honesty. So it says be, be vulnerable, share your successes, but share your failures. 
Let them know that you can talk about experiences and struggles that you had. Number two, enter your kid's world. So I, it says your kids, but remember, this is if you're raising a Gen Zer, but if you're teaching them or you're pastoring them, you're a youth pastor. So anyway, if you're interacting with them, it says get to know their world, uh, watch their movie, listen to their music, eat at a restaurant they enjoy, play a video game. It gives you a glimpse into their dreams and desires. Number three, practice empathy. We have to give them permission to share their feelings, that we're not going to be too quick to judge them and, and not treat them with scorn. Number four, we should be good listeners. Oh, I can't tell you how much that has impacted me because uh, I read a book, Relational Apologetics, and that was one of the things they talked about in there. Um, we need to be better listeners. I know I really fault myself for wanting to come up with quick answers when people start telling me things. I'm already thinking of my answer, and I shouldn't. I should be asking questions. I should be listening. And uh, they reference James 1.9. It says, be quick to hear, slow to speak. And they said, of course, you know, we as adults, we get it backwards. Well, we're quick to speak, and we don't hear very well. It says, listening can be one of the best ways to connect with these people. Ask genuine questions. Have eye contact. Show empathy. Try to understand before we speak. Number five, express unconditional love unconditional love. And Sean tells a story. Sean McDowell says when he was a kid that his dad was writing and was speaking all over the place about abstinence. And Sean says, but I was 12 years old. My hormones were kicking in. I remember thinking, well, if I become sexually active, I could really blow it for my dad. So I decided to ask him, what would happen if I got a girl pregnant? And Sean says, I'll never forget what he said. Son, I don't care if the whole world calls me a hypocrite. You and I will work it through together. He said that was so great to hear that his dad's love was unconditional for him. And that's what we need, unconditional love. Number six, something else we can do with a Gen Z person is mentor somebody. It says, ask yourself a simple question. What am I already doing that I can include a young person alongside me? It could. It said it could be just as simple as taking one of the students or your kid to the store with you or finding a young person who enjoys working out. Sean says, I try to bring one of my kids or a student from one of my classes whenever I speak at a local event and build a relationship. So that's mentoring. By the way, I like it, it says, uh, doesn't, we're not asking you to add another program to your schedule, just what are you already doing that you could include a young person? So it's not inventing more work for us. I thought that was good. Number seven, set reasonable boundaries. They want boundaries. So even though they talk about being individualistic, uh, I thought it was interesting. One study in Britain found that 69% of teens thought parental controls online were a good idea. I thought that was interesting. So they may talk freedom, but they want to know some boundaries. That, that shows real love and concern. It says uh, we, want, we want to love them enough to protect them from harm. It says, of course, they're going to protest these boundaries, but we do need to help them have those boundaries. Number eight, this should probably be actually number one, but that's fine. Here it is. Number eight, pray. It says one way to show a young person you care is to pray for him or her. If you're counseling, they said, a young person, you're just in a conversation. Ask if it's okay to pray for them. It says you might not have a solution, but it's easy to say, I'm not sure how to fix it either. Could I pray for you? That means so much to me. I've had people pray for me and it wasn't that they offered a solution, but just to know that somebody cared enough 
to take time to pray for me was powerful. Of course, we have to do it. Uh, I can think of times where I told somebody I'd pray for them and then I forgot. Oh, that's awful. Number nine, share a meal. Share a meal. And uh, J. Warner Wallace, of course, was a former cold case detective. He said when I, whenever he arrested a suspect and would prepare to interview him, he'd order a meal for both of them. And then he'd eat with the person. And he said, when I first started doing this, my partner refused to join us. I'll buy him a meal, but I'm not going to eat with a killer. It says, but something happens over a shared meal. It says, uh, you, you end up, it's, it's the first step of a relationship. And uh, Wallace says, my interviews following these meals were markedly different from the interviews that he conducted before he thought about the power of a shared meal. So they found study after study that kids who have regular meals with their family or some other caring adult, they're less likely to engage in risky behavior. And they perform better in school. As they said here, it's meal time is where stories get told. That's where jokes get laughed at. And that's where meaningful conversations occur. But we tried to do that as we raised our sons um, to have a meal together and not wander off in different directions. And I agree, that's powerful. It's so important. Number 10, and the last one here, have a conversation says, teens are craving for adults to understand them and see them who, for who they are and the struggles they're facing. And overall, the overall thing that they mention here in this last point is young people today just want someone to talk to. And the challenge at the end here of, of number 10 is, are you willing to have a conversation with a young person and help fill his or her deep need for relationship? And so do you notice how many of these come back really to the idea of love and concern? And so this is uh, such a good book, again, so the next generation will know. It says uh, it's an extraordinarily practical tool for anyone equipping the next generation with a biblical worldview. We're only one generation from having Christianity disappear. We've got to pass it on. And so I think this is a wonderful book. I love both authors, McDowell and Wallace. They've come to our church. We've had a chance to sit down and talk to them, and they're wonderful people. I highly recommend this book so the next generation will know. Well, I wish you well if you are dealing with a Gen Z person, and I uh, hope some of these uh, tips would help you out. Thanks for listening, and we'll do another podcast soon.